Respect that. That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. Do you not pee in the pool? Do you, 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 you not pee on the barbie? All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from the doctor's office that Ryan refused to go to and instead he lanced his own hip cyst with a thumbtack, welcome to the Hardmark Podcast, a show where I, Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduce one match per episode to my co-host, who has never watched wrestling. We talk about the backstory. We watch the match. Then we rank that match on our ever-growing list. The purpose of this show is twofold. First, to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches. And secondly, as a window into the mind of the man of 54,097 compliments, the soul skater, the maitre d' of Matt Drama, the Tampa Bay topsider, the living painting, the talent, the man who ruins my day in the worst way. He trips me on my way to first place. I want him to say that he loves me just to tell me he's over it. Ooh la 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 la. He reminds me of sweet and sour, of no hot water when I need a shower. Just an everyday princess not leaving the tower he's on. Ooh la 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 Flying Ryan Murphy. Ryan, how are you doing today? Fantastic. After that. <laughs> so good. Well done, Eric. Well yeah, done. It, it's the ma- perfect marriage of the previous episode and our revelation about Nick D and and the, the new episode. I was sure if you're going to play it over the intro or you just, I mean, you belted it out, which was yeah. maybe even better. Like, I haven't gotten the, the rights just yet. Uh, Nick yeah. D's people are looking over the contract, uh, I'm sure, in right. the very near future. They're, it's just a matter of dotting some I's and crossing some T's at this point, Ryan. But yeah, yep, yep, they're very yep. flattered about all the, the free pub that we gave them last episode. So their, their people are looking Good. over our, our contract. Well, maybe we get on one of their songs. Mm-hmm. Feature, you know, and, uh, I want to just kind of address this right off the bat because some people may be wondering, well, what the hell's going on? I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Uh, so the bad news is, as you can probably tell from, from Ryan's, uh, audio quality right now, uh, we're not in person. I know we talked about doing an in-person podcast, uh, that was going to be the next one. Clearly, that's not the case, so I apologize for that. But the good news is, Ryan and I did have the opportunity to meet up while Ryan was visiting the greater Seattle region. Uh, we did have a chance to to meet up, have some dinner, chit-chat. I'm sure that some of these topics of conversation that came up during our dinner will probably permeate their way through the program here today. But I do apologize. I, we were We were planning... On uh, on doing that in person one, but it just it didn't work out scheduling wise. But I think that that this will be a good make good um, from from the the in person opportunity that we missed out on. And and for the record, I'm not blaming you for it not happening either. Eric didn't get a snowblower, so I couldn't make it down his driveway. Snowblower. Know? So I what when we had and again, uh, and I feel like every episode I have to quantify this when people are listening to this this is now march it's march t- happy march 10th uh, luck luck of the irish to you but uh at the time of this recording 
We're kind of around the beginning of the year. We had a little bit of snowfall here in western Washington earlier. And so when Ryan was going to come over and do the in-person recording, he I like how you even sent me the picture as like evidence. So that way I couldn't call you out or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, so I would have come. I, I totally was prepped. And if I had my own my own fantastic Subaru yeah. uh, that I love, I would have done it. But uh I didn't want to crash one of Greta's parents' cars going down their hills, so I felt like it would be better served to just just pause on the uh, the in person. I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll happen for sure. I mean, there's there's going to be other other in person opportunities. I mean, you know, we keep harping on the the May Memorial Day thing, but I'm sure we'll do something of of note around that particular point in time. But uh, uh, again, we're not going to harp on the fact that it didn't happen in person. This is going to be very much. Uh, it's going to be as if we were in person. It's going to be like I've, I've got my hand on Ryan's thigh and I'm just squeezing it repeatedly yeah, and he's just squirming great. under my touch. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to be fantastic. like this whole episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and with that in mind, so Ryan, uh, this has been a few episodes now since I put this out to the Markomaniacs. We have a bite on the line. And I know that's going to appeal to you as a, as a fisherman, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few episodes ago, I put it out there to the Markomaniacs, like, hey, uh, I don't mind just kind of coming up with things for Ryan to talk about, questions I can ask Ryan. But if any of the Markomaniacs have something that they would want me to ask Ryan, or just it, maybe it's not even a question for Ryan directly. Maybe it's a question for us both. Uh, maybe it's a wrestling thing. Maybe it's a non-wrestling thing. Whatever it may be, uh, let me know. And I actually uh, do have a question that was sent in from one of the Markomaniacs. Uh, shout out to Joey. Thank you very much for this question. And I'm going to set the tone right now. Anytime that we get a question from one of our Markomaniacs, that will always be the absolute first thing that we cover on the show. Because we, 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 we want to make sure that, they, you know, that they're incentivized to continue listening, yeah. uh, that they know that we are putting them uh, on, on a pedestal. That they are our priority. Uh, keep keep leaving us those iTunes reviews and make sure to include Ryan's social security number in there so you know <laughs> that he sees it. But Ryan, question from you from one of our American maniacs: What did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a little huh. kid? That's the question. That is the question. Yeah. I think we've danced around this before. So to kind of take a, 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 just a small step back, there was a point in time where we had a discussion where, for me. There was definitely a point, and like this isn't what I wanted to be when I grew up when I was a little kid, but there was definitely a point where like my dad, he worked for Boeing. I thought I was also going to be working for Boeing at some point in time. Uh, yeah. And so we kind of danced around the subject, but I don't think we ever got what, what the hopes and dreams of, of Ryan were as a, as a youth. So for sure, speaking of Boeing, I 100% wanted to be a pilot. That was like the only thing I wanted to do. <laughs> as like a first. So grader. that's the answer that you wanted to be a pilot. That's, yeah, like a hundred. Yeah, I drew like planes. Like <laughs> I, I even have it on like a, there's a poster board of me. Like my mom probably still has it, but like it was like like first grade. What do you want to be when you grow up? And like you got to pick three things. And pilot was like the only one I give a shit about. Like yeah. but I had to put three. And I remember talking to my mom. I was like, I don't know. Like what I I don't really care. Like. <laughs> Okay, what two and three are? I think this that makes like was like I want to build houses, something like totally fucking ridiculous. That I never, you know, like, right? That you didn't want actually to want to do at any yeah, point. I was just like trying to, yeah, pilot for sure, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was it. I don't know. 
Um, no, no. I mean, no. That's that's good. Do you, was there a specific like type of pilot? Like, were you like wanting to be like a big Top Gun fan? You know, was it Top Gun? Were you wanting to be like a like a Air Force Navy pilot type of thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. and oh, okay. And and I don't know that we've talked about this on the program before. Now that I'm saying this all out loud, Ryan, you did you briefly you attended military school. Yeah. <laughs> Because all the best kids go to military school. But I got a I got a scholarship to go to flight school actually from there, which like four people got out of that whole program. What? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, <laughs> so you got a scholarship to go to flight school from your military school? Yeah, I had to interview in front of the whole board of like this <laughs> flight school, and, and, we, and anyone uh, who's heard you on this program knows that you interview great. I I do. Okay, so okay, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs> I was talking to my buddy about this this weekend. He's like, I'm a terrible interviewer. And I was like, that sucks. I'm a great interviewer. Uh, you said that with a straight face, Ryan? Yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> one of my biggest strengths is if, if you just get me on like one topic here, you want a job, like I'm a pretty fucking good interviewer and I have been for a while now and it just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can write a book about interviewing at this point. Why Jesus don't you? Christ. I don't see what, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that was kind of my first big interview. I know, and again, I don't want to upend the story. You do know that you were unemployed for like seven months, right? I mean, I, but I, but all the interviews were, were like great. <laughs> Eric, Eric, I was trying to break into a new industry and I broke in, you know? Right. So all the odds were against you and you managed to overcome them in spite of that. I understand. Okay. I got some offers in there, but they were like, you know, I'm a great interview. I, I could, I could interview for a job right now off the cuff and, and take it for sure. hundred percent. hundred percent. Nail it. hundred percent confidence. So yeah, that was a, that was a big interview that I had. Um, and, and, there were several things in there that didn't like, obviously pan out, <laughs> but I, I got the scholarship from them. Hey, hey, you know, this was like 2010. Sure. Um, I was supposed to go, it's actually for air traffic control. And then that program kind of fell through and it was, okay, hey, we want to accept you, but we need to move you into like a, a you'd be flying, you'd be a pilot program. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that, but Fully accepted, like, Florida scholarship, and then the, it kind of fell apart. Like, either one with, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, the steps of this. I didn't really follow up because I was busy in Everett partying pretty hard. Uh, but so it is, was, that, like, is were, that why it fell through is because you were too much of a party boy? I mean, I again, I didn't really follow up on this after I had gotten it. Uh, and then also, like, there was one, there was a vision test that I'd take, and I didn't bring, like, my prescription. It was all the way, like, in, like, Kingston or something. I took a ferry out there, uh-huh. and I didn't pass like a vision test, which I think was one issue. <laughs> that's that's kind of a big deal for pilots. Yes, sure, yeah, fair. Um, but I think like it could have been redone. I, you know, this is all just like after. I don't really know exactly what happened if it fell through. But that was a, you know, that was something. But you know, hey, at one point, you know, I liked a damn like they're like, hey, this guy should be a pilot, you know. This guy right here, 2010 Ryan Murphy, should be a pilot. That guy has the swagger of a pilot. That guy has the swag. Well said, exactly. So, yes, that's what I wanted to do. I am. T- I am also scared of flying, but it might be like a control issue too. Like I don't know. Like- <laughs> that's right. I forgot that you have a fear of flying, and yet you also wanted to be a pilot. Yeah, I know. It's it's very contradictory. Like you know, like I don't know if there's a better way of describing you as a human being <laughs> than just that sentence. 
he's afraid of flying. What did he want to be when he grew up? Oh, he wanted to be a pilot. Yeah, yeah. That's Ryan in a nutshell. But instead, I, I found a much better pat taking phone calls at Way Broadband. You know, like <laughs> well, of course. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, that's that's the so was pilot was that was that like it like the entirety of your childhood is like I want to be a pilot and like or did it change? Was there any point where like young Ryan wanted to be a baseball player or something like that? No, no, I knew I wasn't talented enough. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> only to be a pilot. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think I really had that much. That was like in first grade. Okay. Uh, that was really big. Um, I was always into like planes. I thought planes were really cool, uh, but I didn't, didn't really. I think I just lost interest in like everything after that. <laughs> I didn't really like aspire to be much after after my first initial goal of being a pilot. Um, there was no other real dreams. It was just that was it. Yeah, but you can still do it. You can still get like a pilot's license. I don't think so. Like I know for well, not for like the fucking military but like you could you could you know maybe you've already been a boat guy you've done the sea you're right you're right i think flying cessnas would be really fucking cool yeah but my my deepest fear in life my deepest fear is dying in a plane crash like how awful that would be like that is (laughs) there's nothing i would rather drown or like be caught up like burn to death than, than die in a plane <laughs> oh crash. Like, damn it, whatever. Please. Like, I don't care. What I just I just don't want to die in a plane crash. <laughs> and his little Cessna's, like, scared the show. I mean, it'd be really fun. Maybe I'll get, like, a, you know, the balls enough to do it at some point. But, yeah, those little planes scare me, for sure. But it'd be great to fly it. That would be exhilarating. <laughs> I don't know what answer I was expecting, but this, uh, that's, that is a very interesting insight into, into your personality. And I and I didn't realize how close you came. I mean, here you were getting your scholarship. Yeah, yeah. you could have been flying for for Alaska Airlines right now. You'd be one of their proud pilots. Well, I wouldn't be flying. Be sitting on the fucking ground, you know, <laughs> not going anywhere. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank you very much, Joey, again for that well done topic for Young Master Ryan. Appreciate that, Ryan. I have a hypothetical situation for you. Sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear it. And this is something that I. And I cross my heart, hope to die. This is something that I had on my list of conversation topics to speak to you about. But after our very enlightening dinner that we had <laughs> with our respective plus ones, this this took on a whole new life. And so, you know, may, maybe we'll get into this story. Maybe we won't. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying you have to say anything about this story. Uh, but I'm going to give you a hypothetical, Ryan. So you have two things that one of these two things have to happen to you. So you have to pick one over the other. You have to either be shot in the leg with a gun or you have to be stabbed in the leg <laughs> with with a knife. Like dead sober. <laughs> uh I mean for the person that's that's getting you or the per, or you cuz me. I don't you can you can you don't have to be dead sober. You can take uh you know you can have a couple beers in you you can't be passed out you have to be at least conscious yeah no i think i'd rather be shot in okay. a leg yeah i just think it sounds like quicker and like less invasive, <laughs> less invasive. <laughs> right than being stabbed in the leg yeah bullet just it's it's quick it goes right through it probably hurts but like it's it would suck if it got lodged in there though right because you got big thighs i didn't realize how big your thighs were until i squeezed them which which part of your leg are you talking about? Like, um, like your shin or your thigh? Like that's probably gonna. I'd rather get stabbed in the shin than shot in the shin. 
but I'd rather get shot in the no arteries involved. No, like I'm yeah, just talking, we'll say like, it's not fatal. It's just yeah, but like then I'd rather get sh- shot in the thigh and stabbed. Did what I say makes sense? Okay, stabbed in the shin, stabbed in the shin. Okay, shot in the shot in the thigh. Why? Why stabbed in the shin? I think there's bone to like protect, like like it would stop. So you're worried about the the bullet shattering the bone, but you assume. Like, that- I feel like that would hurt. Like your shin's a big bone. Like that would yeah. probably like do a like that. I think it, I think it would hurt. Like the thigh, there's a lot more muscle. There is, you know, you have your femur, but like there's more muscle to like potentially. Sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's beefy. It's a really, beefy boy. So much fat around my like <laughs> my thigh that I don't feel like I can really feel like you know, like the, the shin's right there. So I just feel like that would. Right. You try to stab it, it's gonna go right. A little it's bit more exposed. And I mean, <clears throat> Ryan is uniquely qualified to answer this question, <laughs> as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, because it turns out, Ryan, you you have been stabbed. Yes. I saw Ryan's <laughs> I saw Ryan's stab wound uh when I when when I saw he was very you were somewhat bashful about it. You were kind of like flirty and bashful. Uh, when showing it to me, it it's on like your hip. You would say, yeah, it's on my hip, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to I don't want to tell your story for you, but like the short version is that Ryan was stabbed after a rap battle. Yeah, that's that is the short version. That's probably actually the long version too. <laughs> that's only because you're too drunk to remember the actual long version, though. Yeah, like. yeah, I. The, the in-between, of I don't even remember the rap battle, like, um... Do you think the lyrics ripped to death were included in your rap lyrics at any I point? I imagine they probably were. Your battle um, rap? But it just is the context, right, like, uh-huh. <laughs> of ripped to death that could have, you know, pushed pushed people to the limit. Uh, Clearly, I mean, <laughs> when they see your body and then they see their own, they're, they're of course, going to be incensed and wanting to stab. Right, right, or, you know, however I said it. I yeah. think, you know, as a rapper, a million ways to just spew that line out. Sure. But you weren't stabbed with a knife like the scenario that we're we're presenting here. No. You were what were you stabbed with? <laughs> I don't like how you're like prompting this with what you already know. I don't you know This is so let me tell so so Ryan, we've talked about how if you were to become a witness, a professional witness, to just dance around questions and not give actual answers, let me tell you the only thing I know about lawyering, you only ask questions that you know the answer to already. Yeah. So with that yeah. said, what what were you stabbed with, Ryan? <laughs> a rolling rock. Uh, <laughs> a broken rolling rock! I, You know, and it's funny, I remember going to get these rolling rocks, like, that night. Like, we were like, we're out of beer. Yeah. We need to go down and get more Rolling Rocks, like, or whatever. It was, like, $4 beer at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we, I remember that, like, which is interesting. Um, that was the tool. <laughs> <laughs> tool! And <clears throat> now that I'm thinking back at it, I didn't ask you this question when, you, would you, when I originally heard this story, which was basically from Greta. You clearly did not want to tell me the story. But I, you, you showed me the wound, and, like, again, it was hip. That's kind of a weird... I wouldn't have expected someone to be stabbed there i don't know like i don't know what the motion <laughs> this is i don't know what the motion was like i because i could i guess i could see like if you have you know the i guess the top of a bottle right yeah and then you just kind of like swipe to the side like i guess that kind of makes sense i guess like if you swipe 
up from up to down. Uh-huh. Right? Doesn't that kind of make sense? Not not like in a like around. <laughs> like a you know what I'm saying? You get you get that? So okay, so because this guy broke the beer bottle on something, and then what? And again, I know you were blackout drunk, so it's hard to get like a, a actual concrete story out of this scenario. But presumably, he broke the bottle and then immediately went forward. Or do you th- or like what? What are we talking here? I mean, that's my guess. I just I can't I can't think of any other way. Like I don't know. I it just I'm I'm thinking to the side like a swipe. Right. Like that would be my guess. Okay. So you were stabbed, you were then bleeding. Well, actually, well, it sounds like you were stabbed, you you went to sleep, and then you got up in a lot of pain? No, no, like, I I, <laughs> I went inside, and I got laid on the couch. No, first I told, told my buddy, I was like, hey, man, like, I need, probably need to go to the hospital. He's like, dude, you're good. <laughs> and this is not the buddy that stabbed you, by the way, just so we're... Yeah. No, this is my roommate. Um, and... I was like, I probably need to go to the hospital. He's like, dude, you're fine. It's all good. <laughs> and then, and then, so I was like, yeah, like, it's fine. You're right. So, like, I laid down back down on the couch. And I remember, like, going outside and, like, I'm just going to walk to the hospital. But then I just, like, I got outside and I just sat down. I just sat down and I was like, but it was, but it was all very calm. Like, nothing was, like, erratic. Nothing. It was very, that is, like, thinking back on it. It was very, very chill. Like the whole thing was like one of the most <laughs> oddly chill experiences that I've had. Like you just followed the so, white light. So I just sat down. And I was like, okay, like I'm not gonna be able to walk to the hospital. Like that's just to me. It was like, okay, check that off. Like get, you know. And then I just, I was like, okay. So I walked back inside, talked to you know my roommate. I was like, hey man, like no, nah, like I gotta go to the hospital. Like. And he's like, oh, dude, yeah, you need to go to the hospital. Like, all of a sudden, the, the <laughs> yeah, second time, he's, he's like, yeah, dude, you, you need to go, like, right now. Right. So he's, like, completely fucked up as well. And he's just like, let's go. Like, he, we get in his car, and he drove me all the way to the hospital. Uh-huh. And I, it was, like, the most, again, a weird thing. It was, like, the most chill ride I've ever taken. Like, I, we just, we kind of chit-chatted. Like, it was like nothing had happened. Like, we were just, like... All the way, he, he drops me off and, you know, we kind of, you know, shake hands like, you know, hey, man, like, <laughs> guess this is where you die now. <laughs> I, I just walked in and they're, I'm like, hey, like, I think I need to see someone. Uh, and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> That's when, like, the panic set in. Right. They're like, you look fucked up. Like, you're bleeding from, like, head to toe. Like. I didn't even realize there was, like, blood. I was so, like, out of it. Wait, um, <clears throat> had you been stabbed anywhere else besides that hip? Yeah, I got hit. I got hit. <laughs> I got hit in the head. Uh, with the, I think that bottle broke over my head. Holy shit. Yeah, so I think that, so, yeah, so my head was, my head was, yeah. <laughs> and you just laid down on the couch, <laughs> just bleeding out. When I was laying down on the couch, I was, like, I started to see, like, you know, like, oh, like, it feels like it's, like, wet up here, like, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> blood, and and so um, yeah. So they were like very concerned immediately, and they like put and like nothing was going on in the ER. Like it was very chill. Like yeah, <laughs> just as the rest of the night was. Sure, right. Of course, uh, very very relaxed. And all of a sudden they're like panicking. It's like oh, like they kicked into gear really really quickly, and they like brought me into like this whole this room you know, full of all their medical shit. Like, mm-hmm. 
and they like hooked me up and uh i just remember like they they're like who do we call <laughs> i'm like fuck <laughs> i was like i didn't want to call like i had to go out because like medical insurance they had i was on their insurance oh right yeah so i had to like i was like you gotta like call my parents <laughs> i did not want to call them i felt fine right it was in good shape but i had to call them ripped to and, death um and then they also did a catheter, which was like the worst part of that night. Oh, that's one of my fears. Oh, the worst part of that night was the fucking catheter. I still remember that. Uh, once I got to the hospital, things started to like kind of clear up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so they did that. And then. Did they ask you what happened? Yeah, like they, they, they were. And I think they kind of knew. And I don't know how like compliant I was with, with them. <laughs> like I wasn't. I, I plead the fifth. Well, I wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, I didn't really give a shit at the time. I was probably, like, yeah, like, you know, like, shit, like, I didn't really know, though. Like, a, a little, I kind of right. knew, but I didn't really know. Uh-huh. And, um, at that point, they called my parents. I don't really know fully what's going on. I know there was an incident. I know there was a fight. Um, so, I'm, like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I just kind of, like, just fix me, basically, is what I'm saying. Like, right. just do your shit. Fix me. Um, but I don't think I, I don't think if they asked, I really told them what happened, because I don't really know. Um... But, so, the person who <laughs> initiated this conflict... <laughs> just call, just, can, we, can we just call them the, the stabber? You're the stabby, they're the stabber. He went to the hospital. He or she. And um, he showed up with the other person who was there. And they both sat there. And my mom saw them when she came in. Because they were sitting in the, in the waiting room. And they were waiting to figure out like what the fuck had happened. Um, his glasses were broken <laughs> during the fight. Uh, he, yeah, so like he couldn't see any, I don't know how he drove there cause he was really fucked up. Like, but somehow he ended up in the hospital and they took his clothes. They're like, this is evidence. Um, and they took his clothes and they, they gave him like hospital like clothes. <laughs> uh, and so my, my Holy mom, shit. my mom, my mom, and my dad had like walked in and they had seen him. And so they kind of knew, like, what the fuck was going on, because, like, I obviously there's an incident. They walk in and see, like, you know, another bloody, like, kid. <laughs> <laughs> All these bloody kids everywhere. Yeah. So they, they, you know, put it together pretty pretty quickly. Um, then, yeah, so <laughs> they, they they leave after, after, like, you know, they're like, you can go. Like, we don't have, we can't hold you, blah, blah, blah. And, um but basically, I remember going to get, like, after that, they took me to get an MRI or something. They, like, put me in the machine. Like, okay. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what they were looking for. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe they were worried. Like, did they MRI your head at all? I'm not sure if they yeah, did that. I think they, I think they, I mean, they put me, again, this is kind of vague. I, I don't, like, remember a ton of it. But, like, they, they put me in. And I, I, <laughs> I remember my dad being so fucking pissed at me. Like, he was fucking livid with me at that point i had done a lot of dumb shit like i i had also crashed my car <laughs> like the weekend before uh-huh. uh and in, in not a good way and my dad was just like he, this was like the boiling point for him and he was he, he was just so like like what the fuck are you doing like it wasn't like i'm the victim it's like you're a fucking idiot like <laughs> right 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 sure like you deserve what happened to you because of your behavior you were involved in the situation like right. you you made this possible like and i just remember like getting lectured while i'm like in the fucking mri room or whatever <laughs> i'm like god damn it dad my mom's like the sweetest like oh like 
you're okay. Like, my dad's like, fuck you. Like, what is, you know, like, uh, <laughs> we're moving to Colorado as soon as we can. Kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I did that. I don't like I said, I don't know why I was in there, but maybe it was, you know, for head reasons, but there was like, there was like a lot of blood loss. So they had to like, you know, you know, they had to work with that. And then the next day I kind of remember I'm like up in the morning, Greta's there. Uh, my parents are there. I feel completely fine. This is in the hospital. Yeah, in the hospital. It was a hospital bed. They gave me a lot of fluids. I felt great. Yeah. Because I drank a lot and I felt, I thought, which a hangover would have felt worse at the, you know, than I did that next morning, you know. For sure. Uh, I felt, I felt fantastic. So you're saying that anyone who's worried about getting a hangover should just like put a catheter in and make sure they're getting <laughs> their fluids that way? <sighs> Fucking catheter. I don't think that's how catheters work, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. you expel fluids through it, but but either way, for the sake of the story, still fine. Yeah, so that was kind of it, and then again, like then the cops came in. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, the cops came in, and they had gone back to my my house, and they talked to my roommate, who got. They're like, "Hey, your friend, your roommate's dying. He's gonna die." They like, they're like interrogating him. Did we talk? I don't know if we talked about this. Like, they're like, "Yeah, he's gonna die. You need to tell us what the fuck is going on." Oh, also, you're like, your weed little, your little weed operation here. You're fucked. Like, we're okay. So, <laughs> okay, like, I remember hearing a little bit about this. Yeah, um, but again, we didn't really know. Like, he wasn't there. He wasn't even out there during the incident. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. Uh-huh. I didn't know what was going on. I did. I, I did know kind of when I woke up what what had happened because I knew <laughs> just because yeah. So, so the, <laughs> anyway, the the cops come in the next day. What? And they're like, "All you need to do is tell us who did this." And I was like, "No." <laughs> and I was like, "I well, I just like there's no blame. Like there's no like there's no issue for like." I was like, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't know." And I at that point like. Right, you figured it out, but you were, you know, you're no snitch. I'm no snitch, you know. I'm no snitch. I don't snitch. I, you know, snitches get stitches, but also sometimes people who don't snitch occasionally get stitches, as Ryan found out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Fuck, fuck that shit. Fuck that cop. Fuck, <laughs> fuck the cop who went to our house and said he's gonna. Like they knew I was fine, like pretty much off the bat. Like mm-hmm. they, they, it was bad, but they, they went there to fuck with him and get like a confession and like, or not a confession, but like a. You know, like, who did it, blah, blah, blah. And fuck the police for that shit. Like, that was total <laughs> bullshit. For trying like, to solve this crime. Yeah, fuck them. Like, you know. <laughs> so, I still hold it to that day. Maybe stupidly, but, like, fuck them. If I had died, fine. But, like, you know, they, 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 they knew. they By the time they had gone over to our house, they knew good and well that, like, I was fine. And they just used that to fuck with them. And they, you know, like. And then same thing when they talked to me. I was like, I'm not, like, you know. I'm not saying anything like, you know, whatever. So, so that, so that whole thing happened. My dad was probably even more pissed at that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. He's like, he's not having it. <laughs> and and that was basically like, I guess that was kind of it. Like, um, I don't know. That was, a, it was a weird, it was a very weird moment in my life, but like, you know, I don't remember it, which is good. <laughs> so like, uh, like the actual incident. Right. And I don't have any like recurring like you know thoughts about it or anything. So that's I think it's all like impossible. Now that said, other people do. I know Greta does. My parents do. My sister who like helped my mom like clean up the house. Yeah, they do. I feel really bad about that. Like you know because that's probably I feel 
mostly for my mom. Like my mom was like the worst one. I felt like, you know, yeah. Um, but aside from that, like I personally don't have any, any hard, you know, really feelings about that. And that's the story of how Ryan's vision was impacted. So he's no longer able to become a pilot. <laughs> so I guess to kind of circle back to how we started on this, between the stabbing, do you actually have a memory of being stabbed? Do you just remember what happened? Okay, so you have no, so you really like, even though you've been stabbed, you have no recollection of like what that felt like. Zero, like I have, I have nothing, like you know, right. which is positive, but like zero, I don't remember it at all. Like it was, I was that blacked out that even a stabbing couldn't, like you know. It's like fucking. It's kind of crazy. Like. It's pretty fucking crazy. I think my answer to the original question of shot versus stabbed, I think it would depend on the knife. Because if it was like a serrated knife or something like that, that would be probably bad. If it was like more, I don't know what the opposite of a serrated knife is, a non-serrated knife. I don't know. Like that would probably be a little bit better. But uh, yeah, the the type of knife. Also, I guess the type of gun, type of bullet. I'd, I'd still rather get shot. Like I don't. Just, I just. I just think like it. So I had a dream about a stabbing last night with like a shovel, and it like I woke. You got stabbed with a shovel in your dream. I did. It was one of the oddest dreams I've had ever. <laughs> last night, like very weird. But like the end of it was like I was getting chased by a guy with a shovel, and he was gonna hit me with it. I was like, "Fuck this shit!" Like I don't even want to be here. Like, right. like I, the last thing I want to do is get hit with a sharp shovel. Like you know, mm-hmm. anywhere. <laughs> Like, I don't want to deal with it. Like I woke up and I was like, "Damn, like that would be fucked up if I really had to." Like, so I don't like the idea of like stuff cutting my skin. You know, sure. Give me a bullet right through. Like, <laughs> all good. Just end it right there. I've been having very reoccur. I've been having a lot of vivid dreams lately. I don't know why. Like all of a sudden, it f- feels like I have been. Are you not drinking or? Um, uh, I mean, what do you mean? Like I think sometimes when you're sober, like I haven't been drinking for like the past week just to like recover, and like yeah. I think also like when if you're smoking weed and you stop doing that, like your dreams become a little bit more vivid. Um, so I hear. So I don't know if that's. <laughs> so I hear. You know, I don't. I I'm drinking tonight for the sake of the podcast. I don't drink that often. You know, maybe like once an evening on weekends or something, like on a Friday or Saturday night or something. But uh, yeah. It oh, feels so. like for the past couple months, I've been having really vivid, and you, and you don't wake up especially restful when you've been having very vivid dreams. In my experience, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I dream every night heavily, and they're usually pretty vivid, <laughs> uh, and I really enjoy them usually. But if I get like, you know a nightmarish dream, but kind of like last night, that shovel yeah. coming at me, like, yeah. then I wake up a little unrestful. Yeah, I'd agree. But just vivid dreams, like weird, vivid dreams that are kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Like, <laughs> are, are you able to lucid dream where you can control what, what's happening in there? Like very rarely, very rare. I don't know how to control it either. Like it's just, if it happens, it happens. But yeah. like very rarely. Uh, but I have before. Yeah. Hmm. That would be like a valuable skill. Oh, a hundred. That'd be. I would just rather sleep than fucking be alive. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a Ryan. Very valuable Ryan thing to say. But no, like you. I remember one time my wife uh, heard me laughing in the middle of me sleeping, and I remember she asked me in the morning, like, "What were you dreaming about?" And I was dreaming that I was hanging out with the Rock. 
And I was like, I said, and I have no idea what I said in the dream, but I remember thinking in the dream, like, that fucking shit that I just said was the cleverest shit I've ever thought of. And I said it to him, and he laughed, and I laughed, and apparently I laughed in the dream. But, like, if if all my dreams could be, like, that pleasant, it would be amazing. If I could control it where you have these powers, that would just be such an amazing, amazing feat. But it never seems like it works out that way. Right. I, it just... (laughs) People who can't remember their dreams, I feel so bad for. Like, you know, like people who wake up after these dreams and they can't remember, like, what happened. That's awful. I wake up every night and I almost sit there for like 10 minutes and I just go over my dream. You should write it down. You should, oh, we should do a reoccurring Ryan's dream journal segment. Oh, it would be like last night's dream. I knew it was going to go downhill because, like, (laughs) it became like, like, it was getting like race related. It's not even in a good way. I like I. What? How could it be in a good way? No, that's what I'm saying. Like it was like it was race related, but not in a good way. Just to briefly cover it, it was like there was like this team of like basketball players who were really good, but they were all white, and they're like, "Hey, we're the best white basketball players, but like we know you're not. We're not as good as you guys to the black basketball players, but you can't you can't play with us because like." So we then like right. separate like there was okay. some level of separation, and I knew it was going to like go downhill like from there like shit was. Just were you weird. just an observer, or were you a part of one of these teams? No, I feel like I feel like I was an observer. I don't okay. feel like I, I you know, but like I it, it was it was like, but it like made sense in my. I was like, oh yeah, like you know, hey, we're just not as like good as basketball as you, so we don't, we want to play by ourselves. Like I'm like. <laughs> the fuck is going on in my fucking head like and I, I remember it and I just woke up I was like what the fuck is that and it just it just tumbled downhill from there like it just got fucking worse and worse and worse and I don't have like race real I don't have <laughs> dreams that are like really that thoughtful in general but this one was weird I was like this feels like this feels like a little racist like I'm having a racist dream like why am I having this like <laughs> right it's racist dreams was this the same dream that ended with you being being stabbed by a shovel Yes. <laughs> and there was like a there was like a fishing pole involved and my Subaru, like he broke a fishing pole in my door and I couldn't get and then I tried to fuck like just it got like completely fucking out of control like very quickly. But yeah, like I just remember like those couple of things, like it got like kinda like like a little bit racist and then I was getting attacked by a shovel like no, by a by a white guy, like after like you know <laughs> a race trader. It was a very interesting dream. Um, yeah. I'll put it, I'll put it out to you right now. I haven't even bothered doing the whole Ryan's corner thing just because you seem to have no corners to speak of these days whatsoever. <laughs> so, but we can. I would be very willing to replace Ryan's corner, or if we just pivot Ryan's corner to Ryan's, you know, corner of his dream journal. You know, that would be acceptable to me. So just let me know if you start keeping tabs on this type of thing. Yeah, maybe I'll keep a little journal or a, a notepad. I don't know. You're not you're not going to because every time you say that you might do something on this show, you never ever ever do it. No, maybe I'll do it. We'll see. <laughs> but I would be fascinated to hear a running log of your dreams that you're having every night. That would be yeah, like, and then we could have I, a chronicling on this program of those. So they don't get like more racist, you know. I hope your dreams do not get more racist as well. Hopefully, they just stay to you know. Yeah, I, I I would love to hear about a Ryan wet dream personally. Never had one. 
ever? No. What? I've I've all like I feel, I always kind of want to at this point. Like I'm thirty. Like I feel like I but I've never had one in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. And feel <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can duck out of this line of questioning if this is too invasive. That's fine. Just let me know. But uh, I mean, <clears throat> how do I want to phrase this in a way that's like not because I feel like a lot of kids they haven't masturbated before and so they end up having a, a wet dream to kind of you know take but, some of the <laughs> the the steam off of the the tea kettle i don't think that's a saying at all but like that's the expression i'm going to use in this case uh that never happened to you no i i was <laughs> i was like masturbating before i even could come like basically so um yeah and once i figured out you could do that it was <laughs> game over for me like like that was it this episode is going in so many directions that I, I don't even know how to keep track. I don't. These notes are going to be fucking wild. I think the notes for this yeah. episode are just going to be like fucking listen to it and figure it out for yourself because it goes places. How? I mean, I feel weird even asking this question. How old were you when you first like started doing that? Like uh, twelve. Okay, that's not. I was. I was worried you're going to start saying like eight or nine. That was going to. Oh no! no. Freak it was like me out. I don't. I don't think I hit puberty till I was like. 15 kind of a late late yeah year, like were you like a little short kid i was i was short i was probably like five four five and then i you know like once i appeared i got taller but like yeah i was i was fairly short okay just a little short masturbating kid just hanging around in school yeah yeah no i well, dreams of being was, a pilot when not when he's not pulling his pud yeah yeah um yeah no that was yeah if you just so I, I mean, if you really want to have a wet dream, Ryan, for for Ryan's wet dream journal corner or whatever we're going to call that segment, just don't you know relieve yourself in that way for a while, and eventually it'll happen. I've had times where I'm like dreaming, I'm like I'm gonna fucking like I'm gonna fucking come or no, you know, like, <laughs> and then and then I just don't. I wake up like a, it's like I'm and I'm like fuck that sucks. Like I would rather just fucking like you know finally in my life had one. Yeah, I hope my roommates are home. Like, <laughs> I want yeah. nothing more. I I can't do this. I can't do this. I wish I could take that soundbite and put it into the intro of the show. But like, I I've, <laughs> I can't do that. That's a, that's like a bridge too far to put that soundbite into the intro yeah. of the show. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't so. even know where to fucking go from. I'll here. I'll, I'll leave you with this, and I'm actually. I may have told this story on the podcast. I don't know if if this is familiar at all. Let me know. Um, I remember, and this doesn't have to do, do with like wet dreams or anything like that. I remember <clears throat> I had one set of reoccurring dreams. Like I never, there's never any running theme or anything through yeah. any of my dreams. But I remember when I was a little kid, I was probably like seven. I don't know, six or seven. And I remember uh, this is probably a little bit of a dated reference for a, a young strapping lad like yourself. Do you remember Elvira? No. She was like, what was she? I guess she was kind of like an actress, but like her main thing was like, she would dress up and like, she looked like a goth zombie lady, like a Dracula type of lady. And she would like intro like horror movies and shit. And like, like she was like mm. the host of these midnight matinee oh. things. Like, th- like this does, she, this job doesn't even exist anymore, but it used to be, 
Yeah, you know, she had huge <laughs> knockers that yeah. she was very like forthcoming in presenting. But I remember, and like this dream is not a sexual dream at all. But <clears throat> I had two dreams. The first one, I was running away from all these monsters, and Elvira showed up, and she was like, "Oh, you need to go." you know, that, that direction off to the right. And so I went there and like Elvira helped me in the dream and I got away from the monsters. And then I remember like, I don't know, a month or two later, I had a second dream and Elvira, she turned heel on me and she like told me to go in a specific direction. And then all the monsters were there. And then I looked back and Elvira was like, (laughs) and like Elvira, like she, she fucked me on that deal. Uh, but yeah, like, so that's, that's my only vivid dream memory as a child where I had like reoccurring, uh, dreams with the same running story. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't also. I don't get a lot of like reoccurring. They're all like <laughs> completely. Yeah, they, they're not connected. <laughs> I think weird. your your New Year's resolution for 2022 should be to have reoccurring wet dreams by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll note that. Please on my notepad. <laughs> yeah, get out your notepad. But reoccurring wet dreams. One thing I want to say just about the dreams, really quick. Like I and I just thought of this. Like when I woke up. I was having a debate with myself, like, about the dream. Like, it was, like, a serious, like, thought. I was, like, if I was in that situation, do I jump off the cliff or do I, like, get stabbed with the shovel? And I... Oh, you had the option of jumping off of a cliff instead of being stabbed by the well, shovel? Well, I was running down, like, a road and I was, like... So, I don't know if there was a cliff, but I was just, like, thinking. I was, like... I woke up and I was, like, that would fucking... I don't want to get stabbed with a shovel. Like, would I... Would I tumble down a mountainside or get stabbed with a shovel? Like, which one would I do? And I didn't. I, I was trying to think about that when I woke up. Like, it just like provokes these like interesting, like not really interesting, kind of dumb, but like, <laughs> like, like what would it, what would you do? Like, kind of right. thoughts. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> still, I'm still. Did you land on one way or the other? Were you leading towards one option? Of I think I would jump off the cliff, probably. Okay. I think I would, I, I, that's what I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards it. Like, if you hit me with the back of the shovel, that's one thing. But if you got me with, like, the corner or the sharp edge, or, like, you know, like, I, I think, yeah, I would, I would go off the cliff. Just see what happens. Like, take my shot. <coughs> is this, I like, a know. Wiley Coyote Looney Tunes type of cliff? Or is this, like, a, yeah, a hill? Yeah, kind of, no, it was, uh, like, I think it was, yeah, it was probably, like, like, you're probably gonna, like, rot, like, you're probably gonna die, but... <laughs> Not like a grassy hill. Like, of course, I would take that off. You have to like really think. Like, which way do you want to go? You know, right? So, yeah, absolutely, thought provoking dream. Very thought provoking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of thought provoking, Ryan. Yeah. Professional wrestling, the most thought provoking of all art forms, of all forms of uh, sports entertainment. Um, I have a match here today, Ryan, that I think you're going to find to be very thought provoking here today good uh so unless there's anything else on the top of your mind should we get into it yes today ryan we venture back to the land of the rising sun for our match ryan loves him some japanese wrestling and so i've got a special treat lined up as a peace offering from the last episode so as we remember last episode bret hart versus steve austin uh you were i you 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 said some inflammatory things towards me, uh, accusing me of "quote unquote" fucking you, uh, which I can Probably assure did. you, ah, uh, not the case. But either way, but 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 I thought we can put all that behind us. We can move on to some classic Japanese wrestling, which I know you know that I know that you love. And so today's match, Ryan, 
takes place in 1977, and it's the oldest Japanese match that we've seen so far. Uh, our first competitor is a man that is synonymous with Japanese wrestling, uh, and New Japan Pro Wrestling specifically, his name is Antonio Inoki. So Inoki was the protege of the biggest star in the history of Japanese wrestling. So that man's name is Ricky Dozan. Uh, he is considered a national hero in Japan, and he was considered a national hero until his untimely murder at the hands of a member of the Japanese mafia, the Yakuza. Who, oh, shit. And this is not... I did not plan this, but the, the the way that Ricky Dozan was murdered at the hands of this uh, mafioso, this Yakuza member, was he was killed by a knife that was rumored to have been soaked in urine. Mm, that would have been fucked up. So, so that, of course, leads to the question, would you rather be uh, stabbed by <laughs> a shovel or a knife soaked in urine? <laughs> right off the cliff. <laughs> right, right off the <laughs> Option C, right off yeah. the cliff. So, after after Ricky Dozan's passing, that left an opening for new heroes of Japanese wrestling to emerge. So, one of Ricky Dozan's protégés, the giant Baba, he's this big seven-foot-tall man, uh, he formed a company called All Japan Pro Wrestling, while Antonio Inoki split off to create New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Both of those companies were enormously successful and are both considered to be icons of Japanese wrestling today. So that's just a little bit of history about Inoki. So he's kind of the protege of literally the most famous Japanese wrestler of all time. Uh, Antonio Inoki, Ryan, is a fascinating human being. Uh, He resembles a Japanese Elvis, uh, his, he has a perfectly quaffed pompadour, so he's got Elvis sort of hairstyle, and he has a very, very prominent chin. And so both of these things give him a very striking visage, especially when he was in his, you know, absolute peak prime years. In fact, if you want to, you could even Google search Antonio Inoki if you're curious to get yourself a little visual here. Oh, shit. <laughs> he does have a prominent chin. He has an incredibly prominent chin. Yeah. Uh, and that hair. Oh, even Jesus. Like, I don't know if you're searching right now, but I'm not. Uh like most of the pictures are focusing on his chin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's Inoki. So his his wrestling style incorporated martial arts strikes and basically a more realistic tone overall. So his one of his key motivations as a professional wrestler was to prove that pro wrestling is the dominant fighting style and it's superior to all other fighting styles. So that's kind of his was his MO when he was kind of in the ring uh, on a regular basis. Uh, and and as we've seen, we've a lot of the Japanese wrestling that we've watched over the course of uh, this program have been New Japan matches. And so a lot of those New Japan, you know, wrestlers kind of take a lot from what they do from Antonio Noki. So his desire to prove that pro wrestling is the dominant fighting style, that led him to take part in the first major mixed martial arts fight of all time uh, as he competed in a very notable boxer versus wrestler match against none other than Muhammad Ali. No. Jake Paul. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> close. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Muhammad yes. Ali, uh, or, the, or I should say the Jake Paul of the 1970s, <laughs> right. Muhammad Ali. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
So uh, Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Inoki. In that fight, Inoki kicked Ali's legs over 100 times, leading to several blood clots and inhibited mobility for the remainder of Ali's career. So that fight fucked Ali up pretty bad. Really? Yes. See, that's something that like probably most people don't know, right? I would. Uh, I mean, most people don't. Most people don't. Like, if you're a big Muhammad Ali fan, you might know. Uh, If you're a big professional wrestling fan, you might know. But, yeah, most people aren't aware that it was... Because it literally happened in uh, in Tokyo in the... I believe in the 1970s. So, like, it wasn't on most people's radar, but it was touted to be this huge, like, boxer versus wrestler. This is a big fucking deal. Uh, It totally tanked. The match itself was bad. So the rules that they instituted basically led Antonio Inoki to be to like lay on his back and just kick the fuck out of Ali the whole time and wow. Ali couldn't do anything about it. He's just like I wh- how am I supposed to fight this guy? And so he got his legs fucked up as a result. That's just, sorry, that's a sidetrack, but like I've always thought that like kicks look like the most takeable type of impact, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh in like MMA and but that clearly you know, I guess you fuck up Muhammad Ali's uh, legs that bad, which was some. I, I don't know. I just. I mean, maybe they're. Maybe they. They just don't. Like, I'd rather get kicked than punched right in the fucking face. Like, you know. Well, sure. I would rather be kicked in the leg than punched in the face. But like, we're talking over a hundred times. It's 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 like death by a thousand cuts. Like, if you do it over and over and over and over again to the same spot. From a, and fr- this is from a grown man too. Like, you and I both have younger sisters. The 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 main fighting tactic of a younger sister is a kick <laughs> yes right which i would move like a butterfly and get out of the way like you know like <laughs> it's that ali training so, but it didn't help muhammad ali nonetheless so so that's another one of anoki's kind of claims to fame is his that fight against muhammad ali uh in his prime so antonio anoki would also become an active politician during his wrestling career of he was actually elected to the house of counselors and he helped negotiate the release of Japanese hostages from Iraq prior to the Gulf War in the 1990s. Mm, well, that sounds productive, at least. I mean, he's he's yeah. he's beating the shit out of Muhammad Ali. He's the, he's yeah, negotiating yeah. hostages. A very very fascinating life led by our friend Antonio Inoki. So to put a bow on our summary of Inoki for no particular reason whatsoever, just because I think this gives us a little bit of extra flavor, let's watch. Some people who lined up, this is in, I believe, the Tokyo Dome. This is a line of people who were waiting to be slapped in the face by Antonio Inoki. There's that chin. There's that chin. Yeah. Yeah. Man of a thousand chins. But yeah, it's, I think this was some sort of uh, anniversary. Yeah. It was the year 2000. It was like an anniversary. Are you watching the video right now? Yeah. Yeah. So you can see exactly what it is. It's just Inoki slapping the fuck out of people. There's a huge line. It's an enormous fucking yeah. line of people all getting slapped by Inoki. So apparently the, the rationale behind... Oh, a woman. <laughs> Damn. There's a, there's a child in there. <laughs> apparently when people, when people were slapped by Inoki, they claimed that it motivated them like it was something to like fire them up and be like yeah like I can take on the world now I've been slapped by Antonio Noki that sort of thing but yeah it's uh he you does know. give a nice uh, a nice bow before you know yes exactly sign of respect 
<laughs> you can watch as much as you want. We'll just I'll just hang out until you're you're finished with it. I'm just waiting for that kid to get up here. <laughs> Is there really a kid? Oh shit! Okay, I think. These guys are gonna get to work tomorrow. Just <laughs> they're gonna fucking productivity's yeah. gonna be through the roof. All thanks to Antonio Noki. Yep, yep, yep. How many people do would you estimate that he slapped in that video? <laughs> I mean, the line looks very long, but it seemed like the video, like, I had, like, 25. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, so yeah, anyway, so that's Antonio Inoki. Uh, any questions around Inoki before we transition over to his opponent for our match here today? No, I think I got <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you got it. Yeah. No, no fault for that. Okay, so in 1977... Inoki was very much at the peak of his powers. So riding high as the face of the company that he created, again, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Inoki was always looking for new opponents, especially foreigners who could be brought in to challenge him. So because, you know, when you're the face of the company, when you're the Hulk Hogan, you're always looking for, like, who's the next big bad guy that can come in and feud with with our top guy? Uh, So with that in mind, enter the great Antonio. No relation. To Antonio Inoki. Just happened to have the same first name. So, the great Antonio was a Croatian-born strongman. He moved to Canada at the age of 20. Similar to Inoki, the great Antonio also has a very distinctive look. However, his was noticeably different than Inoki's. He has long, disheveled hair. His beard strands are in various forms of braiding most likely from a lack of washing, and he has a large gut to round out his 400-pound frame. Mm. Uh, So again, drastically different looking than our friend Antonio Inoki at this point. So shortly after the great Antonio's arrival in Montreal in the 1940s, he began to make a name for himself, setting Guinness World Records for pulling trains and buses. World's Strongest Man. That's right, World's Strongest Man. There's also stories of Antonio pulling random buses filled with passengers out in the city for fun. So there's stories of him doing this, and the bus driver's like, please, please, I'm already running late. And he just pulled the buses just for shits and giggles, apparently. These feats of strength led him to make appearances on The Ed Sullivan Show and The Tonight Show, giving the eccentric figure an even larger platform to showcase his talents, which, outside of pulling stuff, also consisted of singing and acting in his later years, with his most notable acting role being in the 1981 film Quest for Fire, which I'm sure that is not made your Rolodex of films alongside such luminaries as The Big Short, <laughs> Moneyball, Wolf of Wall Street, and Vice. Just on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just add it to your Netflix queue. I'm sure you'll yeah. get around to it. So The Great Antonio was truly a very unique persona. In his later life, he actually grew his hair into braids. He filled these braids with metal rings, and he matted his hair together with duct tape that he could then use for strongman feats. He also challenged Tiger Woods to to a driving contest in which the great Antonio would use his own braid as a club. Uh, The challenge went unaccepted. Ah, that's unfortunate. He's what a that bitch Tiger Woods is. Fucking coward, if you yeah, ask me. Yeah, absolutely. Don't make a would accept that. <laughs> 
despite also, and this is all just kind of flavor around the great Antonio so far, despite having an apartment for anyone, anyone who is looking to reach the great Antonio, they would actually need to call a nearby Dunkin' Donuts who would, (laughs) who, who would then relay the message along to him. So if, if you were looking to get all the Grand Antonio, you'd need to call up that Montreal Dunkin' Donuts. They would then pass the message to him. He carried a trash bag with him wherever he would go. Uh, that trash bag contained newspaper clippings of articles that had been written about him. And he claimed he was part extraterrestrial. As I'm saying these things out loud, this kind of seems like this may be the path that your life takes. <laughs> Just did a challenge Tiger Woods. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I bet Grant Antonio would have described himself as ripped to death as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We'll, we'll yeah. move on. But we would be remiss, Ryan, if we did not mention the great Antonio's wrestling career, which after all the things that we've said, it seems surprising that he would also have time for pro wrestling. Uh, His wrestling career appears to have started in the early 1950s, and while he did not appear to stick with one career path for very long, his foray into the wrestling world would span off and on for about 20 years. He frequently wrestled in his adopted home of Canada with notable opponents such as Terrible Ted, the Wrestling Bear. Mm. Yeah, which we've seen him before. They yeah. wrestled to a draw, in case you were curious. Oh, oh great match. <laughs> great. If we can ever find footage, that'll that'll make it onto the podcast, I'm sure. So in addition to his exploits in Canada, the great Antonio would occasionally make his way to Japan, including in 1961, he challenged Ricky Dozan, who we talked about a little bit earlier, was stabbed uh, by a member of the Yakuza. He challenged Ricky Dozan in a championship match. That was exactly the type of formula that was popular at that time, bringing an evil, terrifying foreigner against all odds. Ricky Dozan would defeat them, rinse and repeat. So it stands to reason that if any fans remember the challenge of the great Antonio to Ricky Dozan, that their curiosity would be piqued by Ricky Dozan's protege Antonio Inoki facing off with that behemoth as well. So the great Antonio was brought to New Japan, and over the course of several weeks, the great Antonio would compete in handicap matches against three opponents per match, with the now 50-year-old grappler disposing of the opposing team in under 10 minutes apiece. There was even one one-on-one match between Inoki and the great Antonio, with the great Antonio winning by disqualification. And so those three weeks were all to lead to the big main event at the end of the tour with the eccentric and dangerous great Antonio squaring off with the stoic and credible Antonio Inoki. And so that is what leads us to our match here today. What a great introduction. (laughs) Thank you. So we have two very interesting personalities. We have Antonio Noki, who has quite the laundry list of accolades to his name. We also have the great Antonio, uh, who kind of his career, his life went in a different path, but also equally as interesting for him as well. Uh, any questions around either of these gentlemen before we watch our match here today, Ryan? Can you pronounce his last name? His real? I don't know. I don't have that in my notes. I just know him as the great Antonio. Is it? Is it? Is it Russian? I think he's Croatian, so similar. Bar... Uh, Barashivek? Yeah, that's close enough. I'll go with Barash- Antonio Barashivek. 
It's the great Antonio. That's all you need to know, Ryan. That's what. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So Ryan's record, as it stands right now before we watch our match, is at 30 wins, 23 losses. He is currently at a one-match losing streak. And as far as one little extra piece of morsel of data before we watch this thing, Ryan's record when it comes to Japanese pro wrestling matches, he's at four wins and two losses. So he, he generally does pretty well when it comes to these Japanese matches. I have a great sense of the Japanese. <laughs> How do you top that? You really can't. <laughs> so with that said, we're going to watch our match between the great Antonio and Antonio Inoki. We will come back with our thoughts on that match. Thank you very much, everybody. We will be right back. The Japanese guy is, is being a fucking professional, and the great Antonio, who I guess had a reputation for not selling people's moves and being selfish in the ring, you know, the Japanese guy would punch him in his fat stomach and he wouldn't even move. And then the, f the fat dude would keep like punching his stomach like it's hard as a rock and people were laughing in the crowd. The fucking guy, like the Japanese guy throws him off the fucking ropes and the guy just sort of stops, you know, and doesn't sell the fucking move. And the Japanese guy's looking at him like, what the fuck? And the crowd's laughing. You start seeing the Japanese dude looking at him like, dude, what the fuck? So long story short, they get a few minutes into the round. The Japanese guy has been selling everything the fat fuck's doing. The fat fuck's making the Japanese guy look like an idiot. So fat fuck gets the Japanese guy against the ropes, and he's punching almost like the back of this guy's neck. Super fucking hard. And the guy takes like three of them before he finally like blocks the fourth one. And then he just snaps like, dude, what? Like, fuck this. And he just stands up and just open hands, slaps this fat fuck in the head as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> And the fat page boy guy like turns his head. It's fucking phenomenal. And the Japanese guy's going like going making those like, come on, let's fucking fight. And the fat fuck's still kind of like thinking he's just going to take one. He slaps him in the fucking head again, then grabs his leg. Japanese dude just snaps, fucking throws him on his belly, boots him in the fucking head. Right now the ref is going like, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. <laughs> so the fat fuck's crawling around like a dog. And the Japanese guy boots him in the head again. Now the fat guy is like fucking planking. He's laying down on the ground and the Japanese guy boots him in the head like another fucking six times. It's almost attempted murder. The fucking dude is a bloody mess. They finally just called a match. And um, it was one of the great pieces of justice I ever saw. I didn't feel bad for the guy at all when he was getting booted in the head. I was dying laughing. If you saw how hard this, this fat fuck was punching this poor Japanese guy in the back of his neck, and he, the guy was taking it like a pro, and finally he was just like, what the Because it was, it was like he was hitting him for real. All right, we're back. We <laughs> what a quick one. We just watched Antonio Noki versus the great Antonio. Uh, 1977, New Japan. Ryan, unfortunately, was, was not, he did not choose the correct Antonio that time did you like the match ryan uh <laughs> i don't know how i was supposed to feel about this match like it wasn't like I, I don't know like this is a tough one to like either be upset about how the outcome right was or like do i just enjoy what it was for what it was like i don't know how to feel about it like it's interesting too so for me sometimes i feel like because like even after doing the show for as long as we have I would not consider you to be like a wrestling fan. I think that you have elements of wrestling that you do enjoy, but you're not like a wrestling fan. So sometimes I 
erroneously think, oh, the shorter the match is, the more Ryan's going to appreciate it because he doesn't really like watching wrestling all that much. But I think there is probably a sweet spot. I don't know this match went long enough to hit that sweet spot for you. I respect a match that's straight to the point. I really do. I really do. Like, if I feel there's, like, some quality elements to the match. Yeah. That I could take away from it. You know? Sure. But this one was, like, this. it was six minutes long, and it was, like, really two minutes long. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. Like, and, and again, like, I don't know. Like, this is a different type of match. Like, I don't know if I should just take it at what it was at face value and just respect that or if right. I should be like fuck that match like I, I don't, I'm not sure how to feel about it this well, is maybe, a tough one. This maybe is- as we go through the notes it'll help clear your mind in terms of how you should feel about the notes or how you should feel about the match so as far as looking up my, over my notes, so for anyone who hasn't seen great, so there is actually a YouTube video about the great Antonio. I encourage everybody listening to this to watch it. It's up on YouTube. It's only like 10 minutes long. That dude was fucking fascinating. Like it's kind of a sad story, but very, very interesting. Just a quick like 10, 15 minute documentary about his life, kind of like where he came from, what he did. And like obviously it highlights on what happens in this match, which uh, we'll be discussing uh, during our a little debriefing here, but the great Antonio, kind of the first to be shown on our screen. He's wearing a nice set of French's mustard yellow sweatpants, uh, very flattering for his build, I thought. <laughs> then they showed uh, Antonio Inoki, who looks exactly as we described, looks like a hell of a fucking athlete, the very strong chin, the the pompadour. What were your initial thoughts on, on these two competitors as you saw them? I mean, they kind of just look as you described. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, very different. Yeah. What looks like a respectable Japanese man who slapped his fans in the face. Like, <laughs> and, they, and they would love it. And the other right. one looks like, uh, like the castaway, like Tom Hanks and castaway, like, but bigger. But yeah, exactly. Like he maybe filled up on a few too many MREs. Hard to say. <laughs> yeah. So then they check the great Antonio for weapons. So when any, anytime you see this where the referees are like patting somebody down on their boots and whatever, they're checking you for foreign objects, just so you know, in case you've ever seen that and not been sure what they're doing. But the match starts. Anoki, he does like a little front roll thing. Oh, you have a thought here, I can tell. No, I mean, I just like, <laughs> you can go through this, but like my heart got to me. I'm like, this, this is the most bullshit moves Ever. He did. He wasted a lot of energy, you know. He's like, he's like tumbling. He's rolling through the mat. He's not, but he didn't. He never did anything. Like, when you you're know, ripped to death, sometimes you just got to show it off a little bit, Ryan. I mean, maybe he had to get the energy out. I don't know. Like, but right. um, I, I was like, this is dumb. That's my first impression of the match. Was like, this is fucking dumb. Like, this guy's gonna be, you know, this guy's an idiot. And I went with that. The whole reason you did not pick Antonio Noki is because he did a, a front roll at the very beginning of the that, I, I'm, I'm not the literally the entire reason. I knew he was the underdog. You could tell, like, okay, this is the underdog fighter. Like, he's slapping around. He's not getting anywhere. And usually I go with that guy. But he was so fucking stupid in the beginning of the round that I was like, fuck this. Like, you know. I don't think it was... It wasn't stupid at all, Ryan. It wasn't stupid it was at totally all. Stupid. It was totally stupid. He was trying to get stupid. behind the guy, so he did kind of some 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 fancy maneuvers to try and like get a better position. It didn't work, he was, but hey, he's he, very unsuccessful in you know what he was what he was doing. Oh, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. So so I would not want to go get. I would not line up to be slapped by the guy after that. Like he's a, he's he negotiated for Japanese hostages to be released, Ryan. 
Well, that was after, right? You put some respect on his name. <laughs> well, so apparently Ryan was was very down on the athleticism shown by Inoki. Uh, instead, he preferred. <laughs> That's nice way to put it. <laughs> so, Great Antonio, in in response to that, he his grappling style is like this little kitty cat grapple where he has like his claws out and he's kind of like pawing at the guy. Uh, I don't know how you thought that that was fine. While well, a front roll is apparently fucking atrocious. He wasn't wasting energy. He was just fucking with him. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. So they go in for a, for a lockup. Antonio, the great Antonio, shoves Anoki off because, you know, he's a strong man. He's a big, strong boy. They go for a headlock in the corner. So great Antonio headlocks uh, Anoki in the corner. Uh, referee attempts to break it up. Antonio eventually just lets go. He attempts another headlock, which Anoki avoids. Around this point, Anoki goes for a waist lock, so he gets behind Great Antonio. And a great move, really heads up play. Great Antonio powers out, so he just separates Anoki's wrists, his hands, and then he delivers an ass to the stomach, which is a really great move, too. Great Antonio. And then, so he, I think at this point, everything's fine, everything's normal. It's not a great match, but like everything is basically going as you would you would hope that it would if you're one of the competitors. Right around this point, Great Antonio no sells a drop kick from Anoki. So Anoki leaps up, drops kicks Great Antonio. And Great Antonio doesn't fucking do anything. He doesn't like react in any way. And I even remember upon our initial viewing, you were just like, "Well, that fucking didn't work." And it's like. <laughs> It didn't work, but like there's supposed to be some level of cooperation between the two. Great Antonio was not cooperating at this point. And I think this is where the problems in the match really began to take hold. Clearly. I mean, <laughs> we went back and rewatched it. Yeah. Because it was only yeah. like a three-minute match, we we did go back and kind of revisit each step here. But yeah, the no-selling of the dropkick from Inoki is really, really where shit kind of starts to go sideways. Then Great Antonio starts with his classic classic belly hit taunt, which I hope that you manage to replicate when I see you for Memorial Day weekend, when you're just kind of double fisting your own stomach. I do that today. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about it. You'll see it. (laughs) Yeah. So Vegas Inoki, so literally all that it is, if I'm trying to like, you know, give a, 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 an audio version of what this is, imagine like uh, extending both of your arms out as far as they go, pushing your stomach out as far out from your body as it'll go and then just double hitting your 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 tummy so probably something that a lot of like three and four year olds would do when uh when when interacting with their friends if i had to imagine i feel like you're shitting my pick even harder like right now no this is uh, how would you (laughs) describe it what what would give me the right version of what you said i i i wouldn't describe it any differently i'm just saying (laughs) i feel like you're Shitting on my pick, I'm not, you know. I'm just describing out. what I saw. I'm just calling yeah. it I'm right down the middle, Daddy. So Anoki <laughs> plays along with this belly hit taunt. He he hits him in the stomach one time, and then he realizes, okay, this isn't fucking going anywhere. I'm not going to do this anymore. Then he goes for a body slam, which I'm sure he knew that was not going to work. So again, things are going a little off the rails, but nothing is totally out of the ordinary just yet. Right around here. You can tell that Great Antonio literally puts Inoki in a headlock that Inoki is like, fuck, I really don't want to be. I'm sure it stunk, to be honest. Between you and me, I'm sure that Great Antonio's armpit was very, very smelly. So it Inoki shoves Antonio off, which I think he was just pushing him, like, get the fuck off of me. I don't want to be in this headlock right now. Meanwhile, Antonio, Great Antonio, bounces off the ropes and comes back. 
but there wasn't like a move involved. It was just him getting shoved off from the headlock. And so he reacts visibly. You can see him frustrated, like putting his hands in the air, like, what the fuck? Because he was expecting there to be a move. And so that's really where things kind of really start going off the rails at this point. You can tell he's visibly upset. And so then they kind of go back and forth a little bit. Noki goes for a big shoulder block, bounces off a great, great Antonio, more of the, the, the double fist to the belly taunt. And around this point, and I couldn't really hear much because, you know, we were talking a little bit, but the crowd is audibly laughing around this point. And that's, I think, also part of the reason why Noki was like, fuck. This isn't. This is not working the way that I had envisioned it working at this point. But uh, in Great Antonio, start he kind of backs up Anoki. He gives him some clubs to the chest, which are a little stiff, but not like completely, totally, you know, out of the realm of like possibility of what you would do in a wrestling match. But really, where shit kind of just totally. Uh, changes from a work into a shoot was great Antonio. He, he grabs Anoki's hair, pulls him down a little bit. So Anoki's bent over and then he just starts punching him in the back of the head. And he's like punching him pretty fucking hard. He's going like at least 85, 90% of force for these punches. And Anoki absorbs like three before he's like, okay, fuck this. I'm not doing this any fucking more. And so then he just, he stands up, he starts striking, like open hand palm striking the great Antonio. Great Antonio, you can tell, is like, what the what the fuck? This isn't what I expected. And so he's trying to like cover up on the ropes. And in order, he's like, come on, motherfucker. You want, you want to do this for real? We're going to do this for real. Which I, I know that you've probably never seen this movie, Ryan. I'm going to make the reference for anyone who may appreciate this. There's a, a film called The Three Amigos. Have you heard of this before, Ryan? Steve Martin, Martin Short, Chevy Chase. There's a, So the, the basic premise of this film is that those three men, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Chevy Chase, they are actors. And they are famous for being in like westerns of the early like 20s or 30s or whatever like that. And they go to Mexico and they get involved with like an actual Mexican street gang. But they assume that this Mexican gang is like that they're actors too, but they're not. So Steve Martin gets shot by a gun, not stabbed with a knife, but he's shot, he's shot with a gun. And he's like, wait, cut. And he walks up to the, the guy. He's like, give me, give me, give me, give me. And so the guy hands him his gun and he and Steve Martin opens the gun. And he's like real bullets <laughs> that's when i when i watch this match back the moment great antonio gets hit in the face from anoki that's his oh god damn it real bullets moment like he realizes like oh shit this isn't fucking working anymore now we're fighting for real and then at that point anoki goes behind him single legs him, takes him down, and just starts kicking the great Antonio in the face repeatedly until the great Antonio is literally just motionless on the ground. And I, here's what I will say. Here's what I will say to, to Inoki's credit. He could have beat the fuck out of great Antonio even worse. Those stomps towards the end, he was intentionally pivoting his foot so he was catching some of the rope so he wasn't completely just stomping on his skull. That's nice. Which was very nice. <laughs> yeah. He did just enough that he needed to to basically end that fucking fight, but not so much where he's just going to kill the guy. And so that was basically the referee stepped in, was like, okay, th- this match is over via knockout. Great Antonio's out. 
Antonio Noki has won this match. And so Ryan is now on a two match losing streak as of, <laughs> as of that decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any, any thoughts, comments, concerns? My, this, this has to be your deepest analysis of any match that we've done <laughs> in all episodes. It's a fascinating, we've, so we have never, ever, ever seen a match that became real. We've never seen that before. This is the only match where it started with the two guys working together and ended with a real fucking fight. So, so for me, like, I, I believe you, I fully believe you. I watched it, like, I, and we rewatched it, and yeah. I heard what you had to say about it afterwards. I, I get what you're saying, but, like, no point in the match did it strike me as, like, like, it, it, <laughs> like, it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, shit, like, this got fucking personal. It was like, he did, he did fucking win, like, for sure. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> right. Uh. But, but, like, you're saying it was very, very clear that immediately it turned and it got personal and he just beat the shit out of him. I still felt like it was kind of in the match, but like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's my lack of experience. Did you see how bloody Great Antonio was after he got kicked in the face multiple times? I did. I did see that. I did see that. I must say, I just I felt like that also could be part of the match. Like you know, like it was, it seemed like the classic. Like oh, one guy, there's no chance he can't beat him. Like he's he pulled his hands apart. Like you know, <laughs> big guy, big guy, just fucking kind of picking on the the smaller guy, and then it just turned in a classic wrestling style that I normally pick into like oh like. He's just he's just getting his ass beat. Like that's what it seemed like to me. There was no like there was no like oh shit this got this got real. Uh, I didn't see what you're seeing. Now I'm not I'm not discrediting your expertise, Eric. I'm just saying like for me it didn't stand out in that sort of fashion. Like you're you're saying that it did. You didn't see that upon the initial viewing, or you did not see that also when we went back. I didn't see it in both. I you 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 pointed out like this specific time this but like it, again it just seemed to me like this is part of the match like okay it was gonna turn like the little guys now gonna like take on the big guy and like that's what it is and like you know hey if you get stopped sometimes you just get bloody a little bit you know sometimes sure. it just happens we've seen Hulk Hogan get bloody a little bit maybe maybe the great Antonio cut himself with a razor blade that he kept in you know like maybe I don't know like I'm just saying like none of that like I didn't see a specific turn where this happened. I mean, the turn, the, 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 the ultimate turn was those punches to the back of Anoki's head. I That's saw that. Where- I saw that. And those were real punches. Like it looked like I was like, I saw, I was like, damn, like, but I didn't see him get up and be like, Oh, what the fuck? Like, no, all of a sudden, we're not, we're not, we're not doing this. Like, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you. Like <laughs> I just saw like, well, the market maniacs can go, you can, I'm going to post the, the link to this video. Also for anyone who's curious, for anyone who's familiar with the stand-up comedian Bill Burr, he did. There is a narration that Bill Burr did over this match where he's talking about it. That's hilarious. That I encourage everybody to 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 check out as well. In addition to the Great Antonio documentary on YouTube, but yeah, Bill Burr talking over this Great Antonio versus Antonio Noki. They call it a shoot. It didn't start as a shoot, but it ended. That's a shoot. Just so you know, Ryan, there's a work. And there's a shoot. If you're working together, that's, you know, obviously it's you're you're working alongside each other. A shoot is where all the rules get thrown out the window. Now you're now it's a real fight. That's a shoot, brother. 
So, so just so you know. So before we get into the ranking, we've got to do everybody's favorite new segment until we get into your Ryan's wet dream journal as of next episode. <laughs> but everyone's favorite new segment where you, you give us Murphy's Law. In a world without rules, in a sport where only the strong survive, there's one man who has the guts to lay down. Sheesh. Murphy's Law. I mean... I, you know, what can aspiring wrestlers take away from this positive <laughs> or negative ride? I'm just saying the guy came out with so much dumb energy. Like, you know, I would have, I would have held that back a little bit. It may have, it may have swayed my opinion. I don't, that, you, to me, like that cost me the match. So I'm a little bitter about it right now. You know what my, what my Murphy's law would be if this was my segment. Don't start shit. Won't be no shit. See, I know, I, of course, that you you did a very thorough debriefing of, of, of that. I think, but. honestly, and I didn't want to say it because you always poo-poo on things whenever I like say that this is going to be good. I was so proud of my write-up for this. I told Heather, I was like, this is the best write-up I've ever done for, for a match. <laughs> and, and I want to be very clear that this was the best write-up that you've ever done for any match, and it was the best post analysis of any match that I've that I've been on it was fantastic like <laughs> I I give abs I noticed it immediately like that this was this was a little bit deeper than other matches for sure like any match but <laughs> I disagree with your premise um, of your of your post game. Uh, I, I I disagree with it but very you well you only done. disagree because you didn't like him doing one front flip Ryan I I don't have the same takeaways as you. You you said this was very clear that there was there was a switch. To me, it looked like a standard '90s wrestling match based in the '70s. Like that was my my thing. This looked like hey, when they created you know the WWE WWE, they're like hey, based off this match. Uh-huh. That's that's what it was to me. And Markamaniacs, check the match out. Again, I'm posting the link. <laughs> Look for the drop kick. Speci- this is literally the entire video is six minutes. The match does not even last that entire length of time. Look out for the drop the drop kick that Great Antonio no sells. There's the visible frustration from Great Antonio when he bounces off the ropes, and then really the piece de resistance, which is at the absolute end of the match. Antonio hits Inoki with like three or four punches to the back of the head, and that's where shit becomes a real fight. But but how is that any different than any match today? Like Because Great Antonio was legit knocked out for real. <laughs> he was actually unconscious, bloody on the ground. He was not I don't know if he was unconscious. He like, was laying there. Okay. <laughs> Let me amend this. Great Antonio was lying motionless <laughs> on the <laughs> ground, bleeding out of his face and skull. I don't know, man. I, I'm holding a, like a stark disagreement with you on on um, on how you're selling this match. See, okay, so Ryan, here's here's the thing about Ryan. He's a he's a gentle soul. Everybody, <laughs> we heard him describe about how he was stabbed, but we shouldn't we shouldn't harbor grudges against the stabber or anything like that. He's using this same rationality. He's applying it to this match where he's like, "See, hey, they're just two guys messing around." I'm sure Great Antonio and Antonio Noki are good pals backstage. You can't tell a difference between somebody getting stabbed for a work and somebody getting stabbed for a shoot. <laughs> So maybe we just be cool with each other, everybody. I'm just saying, Eric. I, I watched it with my own fucking eyes. 
I, I rewatched it with my own eyes, and then I listened to your whole thing, which was very well done, very well executed. You should be proud of how you like went about it. But I disagree with what you said. I disagree with the content that was in the middle of your uh, debrief. Oh, I, I just I disagree. We'll need to put it to a vote. I think. Yeah, we'll have to put it to a vote. All right. I think I think we've said all that we need to say about the match. Let's go to the rankings. Let's do some motherfucking goddamn science. This is gonna be a tough one. It's a Japanese match, which you know, right? Which puts it up a couple ranks. You know, if 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 history history uh, tells us anything. I mean, you're not gonna hurt my like. This is not a match that I feel. I'm not like, worried about hurting your feelings. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you've made that abundantly clear in previous episodes, yes. But, like, honestly, you could put it just about anywhere, and I'm not going to, like, object to it. I think I want to put it at the top of bad. Um, okay. Because because here's the reason, and here's the reason I get I didn't see... If I had seen what you had said, and that was clear to me, that would have been a much better match. But I don't see it. I don't see it with my own eyes. And so, to me, that's where it belongs, that makes sense. So this is the new 38. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be the new 38. Okay. Okay. No. Let me just make a quick note to myself. New 38, top of bad. Well, well, we have it now. New, new, new number 38. And you know, Ryan, I know it's been a little while since I've uh, uh, complained to you about this, but like, our last place match is still the same last place match it's been since like episode three. So like, what? what the fuck, dude? And that's if you rewatch that match right now, you wouldn't even say it was fucking trash. You'd probably say it was like okay. <laughs> I I have to see like like a bad match. I'll be honest to our viewers, it's very subjective to me. Like <laughs> you you don't say. And I just haven't seen that in a while. You can um, you can stop clicking. By the way, you're you're probably good on clicking for the next little bit. <laughs> I was clicking around. <laughs> you were you were yeah. I was I, clicking I, at nothing. I was just clicking on cells. I could tell. Okay, so so that's that's our ranking. It's the new thirty eight. Uh, to to close out our match here today, Ryan. Let me pull up the old notarinos here. Uh, we got to end the episode. Same way that we end uh, every episode of the Hardmark Podcast. The thing that, that, that brings the people, we start every episode, if, if possible, whenever they are available. We start every episode with a, a question from the Markomaniacs, a query, anything that people may be wondering about. And we end every episode with, with a real crowd pleaser, which is known as Eric's Wisdom Tree. Did you know, Ryan, that swans are fascinating birds. No. Nope. <laughs> Swans might be the most fascinating birds, Ryan. Why? Why is that? <laughs> well, let me, let me, I'm glad you asked, Ryan. Yeah. I'm glad that we just didn't end it with Swans are fascinating birds, <laughs> because that may be a little, little bit of a wet dream for the audience at home. But the reason that swans are fascinating birds, so first of all, it, uh, you're, you're familiar with the Commonwealth, the UK Commonwealth of uh, England and Canada and Australia, etc.? Like their allies, 
Well, sure. Well, yeah, they're they all uh, have the queen. The queen's overseeing the entirety of the Commonwealth. Mm. It used to be bigger. Nowadays, it's you know a couple countries, but like Canada is still technically a part of the Commonwealth, uh, okay. officially speaking. Swans are illegal to kill within the Commonwealth. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? Like, okay, you want to know why? <laughs> why? Because every swan that is a part of the Commonwealth, Ryan, are a property of the Queen. So you're literally killing the Queen's property if you if you were to kill a swan. They own swans. The Queen. And there's no they. Sw- she any, owns swans. Any swan. Any swan in the Commonwealth. In the United States, that's not the case. But in, in the com- if you're in Canada, Australia, England... Any other countries that comprise the Commonwealth, then then yes, that is a property of the Queen. You you may not. It is illegal to kill a swan in those areas. On the Minnesota border, would you rather kill an eagle or a swan? I'm on the U.S. side of the Minnesota border. You're on the border, and you can really go either way. So like, I've got one foot in Canada and one foot yeah, in the United States. But you, one or the other, like you have to. Oh, are bald eagles illegal to kill in the United States? Oh fuck yeah, they are. Like, really? Oh yeah. Oh, I would definitely kill a swan. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Hundred percent. Because like bald eagles have my respect. Right. Right. Swans, <laughs> like fuck swans. Yeah. Uppity. Couldn't agree more, Eric. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. But that's not the only reason why swans are so fascinating, Ryan. Did you have something oh, no. else you were going to say? No, that was. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah no, we're on the same page. <laughs> Definitely kill okay. a swan before a bald eagle. Absolutely. It was actually also as far as this whole Commonwealth thing. I didn't. Even, I forgot about this point, but I had my notes too. Uh, it was treason at one point in time to kill swans because only the rich had them on their property, which is another reason why you should probably kill a swan over a bald eagle. I just wonder, like, I don't really give a shit about swans. Um, <laughs> somebody, so. Can somebody please go into the archives of the podcast? I'm not going to do it because I've already spent way too much time on this show. Can somebody please go and make a running list of all the things that Ryan doesn't give a shit about? Because I feel like every episode, Ryan will say something to the effect of, I don't give a shit about, then fill in the blank. So just add swans to that now, please. I, I wonder, like, if the meat is delicious, you know, like if you kill a swan, like, is it a bird of like, does it just like, is it a, is it a bird that is, um, is it sedentary? I mean, like, I is think- it, is it a city bird? Does it have a lot of, does it have a lot of fat on it? Like, or is that, is it, is it a, is it a lean bird? Like, I would uh, love to eat a swan. If you yeah. and I have the opportunity to eat swan together, I would absolutely do it. We got it. We got a Canada. We shoot one swan. We bring it back. I don't, cross the border. Why do we have to kill the swan? I mean, can't we just like find someone who will prepare a swan for us? That's like an actual we, chef. We have to. We have to kill a swan. You have okay. to hunt your own meat to res- get respect the meat. You know. <laughs> and then we got to air fry it. <laughs> got to fucking air fry it. Air fry the swan. <laughs> Give it all the the respect that it truly we deserves. Have, absolutely. Good call, Eric. I didn't think, but yes, we have to air fry the swan. Okay. Like, okay. Noted. Yeah, yeah. I'm all bored. Uh, Okay. I'm over with this. Right, yeah. uh, that's not even the end of the swan thing. There's one other thing. Oh, there's one other. Yeah, fast. Here's why swans are fascinating birds. This is a fucking lengthy fucking thing. Uh, have you ever heard? And this is something I've known about for a very long time. I find it's a fascinating fucking story. I'm sure this swan doesn't exist anymore. There was a swan that was named Hannibal. Mm. 
Hannibal the Swan. Anyone can find, can, if you just Google search, I know I've given people a lot of homework this episode. I apologize. The the great Antonio documentary, very, very worth watching. The Bill Burr video narrating that match we just watched, also very worth watching. This Hannibal the Killer Swan. There's plenty of articles about it. So just to give you kind of a quick bullet point about Hannibal the Swan, this is from back in 2010, Ryan. So it's been a little bit, but I think it's still a story that carries resonance. Uh, Hannibal the Swan, he murdered 15 other swans mm. who who dared to venture to his pond. He was the fucking master and ruler of his pond. Any other rival swans, he'd fucking kill them. That's what I'm saying. That's why I fuck swans, you know. Like, <laughs> it should be a peaceful bird, like, you know. Welcome people into your kingdom, you know. <laughs> so let me just, I'll read you this story. Uh, credit to the Daily Mail. Located in the picturesque surroundings of Pembroke Castle, which sounds very pleasant, it was once filled with dozens of beautiful swans. But less than a year later, Castle Pond is now home to just one rather brutal inhabitant, Hannibal. Since arriving on the pond in February, he. <laughs> He has slaughtered 15 other birds in a terrifying rampage and maimed scores more. His victims are often lured into a trap before viciously attacked and left for dead. Witnesses say he has bitten his prey, battered them with his wings and feet, and even drowned them. He, he, then, he then swims up and down the pond, triumphantly flapping his wings before inviting his mate and child to view the kill. So literally this swan is killing other swans, parading with its dead body in front of its son, um, and just kind of being a fucking badass. If there's a swan that accidentally lands in his territory, he will corner them and duck them under until they drown. So it'll literally hold their, their heads underwater until they drown, or get them onto a ledge and smash their feet to smithereens with his beak. And then he blocks off the escape routes while he attacks them, and they take the baby to view the kill while mom and dad do a triumphant wings-up celebration. Like, what a fascinating animal. Yeah, I don't know, like... <laughs> Seems like that'd be hard to do as a swan. Like, I was looking at pictures of swans. <laughs> well, does that like, give you like more like respect for this? No, not if it's hard to do. If it was easy to do, then so, like so, everybody so, would do it. Sometimes you need like in your life like really peaceful, nice animals that like welcome other. You know, like you just need to know that like. <laughs> sometimes you do, but other times you need badasses who will fucking run shit. I don't know, Eric. It's just not what I need right now, dude. I, I don't need a fucking vicious swan that I that is like protected by the queens of the fucking world. I don't need it. Like I don't need it. I don't care for it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the fucking queens. They're fucking swans. Done. Well, if you have a wet dream to this swan attack story, then that's. I mean, I look forward to hearing it on our next episode. I'll let you know. <laughs> Please, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. So swans, A, protected by the queen, B, meat, probably best when it's uh, in an air fryer, and then C, Hannibal the swan, he's probably dead now, but he was a truly uh, uh, heinous swan. Uh, yeah. you, you, you don't got to like him, but you got to respect him. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Fair enough. And that's all I got to say about that. So our next episode, episode 48, will be available on March 24th. So be on the lookout for that. Set your calendar. Set set a calendar reminder for yourself. 
And with all that said, if you are not hard, get hard. And once you get hard, stay hard. That's all, folks. Just a little short masturbating kid. <laughs>